What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It is me, your boy, Brian, joined by my fantastic co-host, Matthew Fisher. How we doing? Good, buddy. Bing is back, back, back. Tell a friend, friend, friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bing is back. 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 Back, back, Jet lag. Jet lag fucked me up on this air. So this time I didn't just go to one of the East Coast cities that I have been going to. I went to uh, Arizona, Phoenix, uh, to to Pacific. Went to Phoenix and uh, jet lag has yet to release its clutches on uh, my soul. Um, So, you know, just trying to catch up on sleep to, to be... For the love of God, let go of Brian's soul. Let go. I'm so tired all the time. It really, it really makes you think about like traveling as an athlete, respecting it a bit more. Especially those West Coast teams. Yeah, dude. Bruh. Respect. Bruh. Respect to you and yours. Uh, I to be able to fly that far, that consistently through multiple time zones, and not just be a complete zombie of a human being. Props to you. Absolute props to you. They do get to fly on like probably a nicer scenario than you flew on. Oh yeah, I mean, hundred percent. It was uh, it, it's a it's a beautiful thing where the weather is so um temperate and uh, consistent in Phoenix that you pretty much once you get into Arizona airspace out there, uh, landing or leaving, there's no turbulence. It is about the smoothest flight you can experience. Then the issue is, is when you're flying back into the east, yet like through the middle states, you hit this wall of like regular weather, as us northeasterners would call it, and it's turbulence all get out, make you shit your pants if you're if you're scared of turbulence like I am. <laughs> I'm getting better at flying, but uh, but I I have never flown well, so that's that's super fun too with how the amount of travel I do for work. But hey. I digress. Uh, You will probably be surprised, folks, as this episode has come early this week. Uh, If you thought that Brian was going to catch up on sleep, you would be wrong. I work late Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week. So uh, eventually, I'm sure I will will get sleep. I just don't know when it's going to happen. Um, It will come. It will come. The time, the time will come. It, it, this is just the the way that the business works sometimes. Uh, it's busy during the summer, so it happens. Um, but... We have NHL hockey to talk about. Not do, only do we have NHL hockey to talk about, but three of the four um, semi-series have have uh, worked themselves out. We have three of the four here. Um, the one that is yet to be decided is actually being played tonight as we speak between Seattle and Dallas. Uh, I do not have the game up now that I have been... Uh, I've been moved into our little second bedroom here in the house. I'm no longer doing the podcast from the living room. Um, so I don't have the game in front of me right now, unfortunately, but I will have live scoring updates for when those come through. Um, but we will talk about that one probably last since that one's currently going on. So we're going to talk about the other ones in the interim. And then we're going to wrap up the podcast talking about the Flyers, actually, who were the most active in the NHL news outside the Stanley Cup this last uh week due to the fact of their management changing up top there we'll talk about that at the end of the episode but first let's get into the playoffs matt do you want do you want to savor the uh the toronto one for for second or do you want to start with that no i'm gonna dip my head right in that pool he's diving directly into the pool let's talk about the florida panthers the toronto maple leafs apparently the Maple Leafs had no idea that there was something that happened after the first round. I think they had expected that that was the that was just 
the only round of hockey that gets played in the playoffs. So when they had the flights booked for Florida, they were like, all right, cool boys golf trip again. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just this time we get to do it with W under our belt. Unfortunately for them, they wound up having to play hockey and to bring your hockey gear. They were not prepared for that. I don't know if it was because they were going to Florida where they were going to go anyways. They just seemed to be dazed and confused. I'm I'm kidding, though. But Florida, wow. Um, What a series for them. Florida wins this series four games to one. uh, Just consistently outplayed. You called it. You called it. You called it. it. You know, look, it happens. Okay. Um, I I picked Toronto, but... uh, you know, I was picking Toronto based off of the vibes that just felt so good. And and as soon as this series started, you were like, oh, no, what has happened? Um, and you know what's what's fun as, as a Flyers fan is the amount of former Flyers on the Florida Panthers. You almost get to live vicariously through them in a way. Crazy. Uh, the the guy, cool. guy who scored uh, the overtime game winner, freaking uh, Nick Cousins. Nick Cousins. I actually saw his first ever NHL goal. Oh, yeah? it, was, it was against the Buffalo Sabres. I took my friend who had never been to a hockey game before. And it was like the middle of the week, Buffalo Sabres, Flyers, like light crowd, but it was still an energizing game. Uh, Nick Cousins scored his first NHL goal. I'm going wild. I'm like, that's his first, dude. That's his first NHL goal. He goes, I don't know what that means. And then <laughs> he goes, and then like two minutes later, you just hear Lou Nolan goes, scoring his first National Hockey League goal. And Nick Cousins. Dude, and I was uh, like, yeah. And then fucking the butcher, Radko Gudis, absolutely laid out this motherfucker with like minute 20 left in the game. Flyers up by like three. Guy comes up to the middle of the ice with his head down. Butcher just takes it off. Starts a line brawl. Friend, my friend's like, oh my God. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is illegal. Oh my God. each other. And he's like getting thrown out of the game. He's just like, oh my God, hockey's fucking awesome. And then it was sweet. But that's crazy, man. Especially when we talk about like Nick Cousins. Oh, you want to talk about a journeyman and a team hopper? Uh-huh. This guy has went from started his career with the Philadelphia Flyers, went to Arizona, then Montreal, to Vegas. I'm, 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 I'm double checking to see if I want to see there's one more team. There is. I don't think there's there there's one more team. One From more Vegas. team after Vegas. You've nailed it so far. Uh, Philadelphia, Vegas, um, um, and Montreal, Vegas. You can do this, buddy. Who is it? Who you can do is this. It? Is it a good team or a bad team? Uh, they've been both recently. Uh, <laughs> but it's not good. Who is it? Uh, Nashville. Nashville, yes. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. went to Nashville. Yeah. And then was, uh, was actually in Nashville for two seasons. Uh, had a um, had an eighteen point season and a twenty two point season, tying his career high in uh, in points for a season. You want to talk um, about a, a, just an absolute role player? Just yeah, just a, just a, you're really the definition of a role player. You have pretty much nailed it on the head there. A guy that's not going to be logging historic minutes night in and night out, but you put him on that third line or that fourth line, depending on how your team's constructed. He will grind for you. He will do all the things right. If he's a dump and chase guy, he's the dump and chase guy. If he's got to get in front of the net, he'll get in front of the net to the dirty areas, or he will take a beautiful pass from Radko Gudis, who's just charging directly at the net, striking fear into anybody moving into his path. So that Nick Cousins, the legend can just, 
snipe one home as Radko Gudis then subsequently Viking screams in the goalie's face. It was so funny that you that you brought up a game where Nick Cousins not only scored his first, but then Radko Gudis starts a full-blown line brawl because in this play that cements and sends the final stamp for the Florida Panthers to make it into the conference final, Nick Cousins scores on a Radko Gudis pass and Radko Gudis stands in front of the net and screams at the poor goalie that was in net. Um, it, it's it's very it's very funny watching from the outside as a Flyers fan, but also you look at what this Florida team has accomplished so far in these playoffs with not only knocking off the Boston Bruins, who everybody pretty much just had etched half the half the team name already into the Stanley Cup, but then knocking off the the thriving at the time Toronto Maple Leafs coming off of their first for uh, first round um, win in years and and just decades head down in decades keeping their head down getting it done and doing it in quick fashion in five games four to one what was your immediate reaction seeing a how well how well the panthers were playing and b that they were able to keep that pace of play up and just really beat down a maple leafs team that some would argue has more talent more talent uh my point is that playoffs your best players you need to be your best playoff players you know that tale is all as time mm-hmm. um in this series i mean they're the florida's best player matthew kachuk yeah he didn't have a goal so um you kind of but you look on the other side you had austin matthews who didn't have a goal mm-hmm. you had freaking mitch marner had i think two goals one goal two goals about three something points like that, yeah. Something with William Nylander, two goals. I think Tavares had one goal, if any. So your yeah. best players needed to be your best players. And I saw on the streets of Toronto, a guy, people were being interviewed, and there's one Toronto fan, and he quoted Shorzy. Yep. He quoted Shorzy. He goes, the boys don't hate to lose. Mm-hmm. And it's... You know, they probably do hate to lose, but you gotta you gotta show the fuck up, dude. And mm-hmm. they didn't. They didn't. Now you can give credit to Bobrovsky. I mean, he's he's clearly the best goaltender in, in the playoffs right now. Yeah. But he's, that's he's no right. reason. That really is for the talent you have on your lineup, you need to contribute. And there's no excuse. I don't care if you got freaking Patrick Wah in that. You got to find a way to put the puck in the net. Especially when you have guys like Austin Matthews, like uh, Mitch Marner, you have Nylander, you have O'Reilly, you have Tavares, you have all of these stud players, and you have not found a way to consistently win these games in the playoffs. Yeah, you got out of the first round. There's a whole other two rounds, a third if you make it that far, to win a Stanley Cup. Just winning one round of hockey is basically child's play to teams that are serious about competing for a Stanley Cup. They clearly were not serious about competing for a Stanley Cup. We talked about in the episode two weeks ago when they were celebrating like they had won the whole damn thing after just winning the first round. You can't react like that after after winning in the first round. Plenty of teams will tell it to you. We're going to talk about a team later on that's kind of going through an experience that a couple of teams that have won a bunch of cups recently have also had to go through. The The pains of trying to win a Stanley Cup outnumber the amount of successes you're going to have. 
And right now, Toronto is, is definitely learning that ugly, ugly truth. But the timetable is ticking for this team to be the one that delivers a cup to Toronto. What do you think their next move has to be going into the offseason? We'll talk about Florida and, and their success here shortly. But what if you're the Leafs, what's your next move? Do you get rid of Dubas? He finally got you out of the first round. Can you, you know? Right. It's, t- it's tough, man. <laughs> what is the right answer? I mean, I, I, at any it's point, hard. I don't look at there is one right answer. The move you have to make, you have to make it be the right answer. You can't right. just be the right answer. You have to make it be the right answer. And um, with that being said, man, it's like you you got to open up a little bit of cap room, mm-hmm. I think, because you fucking – you basically – went all in and more with this year. I mean, bringing in guys like O'Reilly, Luke Shen, um, freaking all these deaf players. And then you fall short. I mean, you got to open up some sort of cap room. I would move off of Tavares. I think that would be a good start because, I mean, he's a fucking leader and you're, you haven't made it far enough. Um, and he's, you know, his production's only going to go, I think, down from where he is now, which isn't good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would move off to Ferris. Um, and you got to ask, ask him, I don't know. I Would you make the claim that if there's going to be a blockbuster move in this offseason, it's going to be from this team? I think it would have to be because you bring up a fantastic point. Looking at Cap Friendly here, their final cap space is exactly $0.00. and zero cents. And right. they have 6.5 mil on the LTIR and they have 50 out of 50 contracts. They got nowhere to fucking go. There's Not nothing yet. you can do without moving someone out of there. Yeah. Something has to give. They're not going to want to give on their top end, but a lot of their like solid depth pieces that they have are probably going to be moved. And the blockbuster deals are probably going to, if not come out of Toronto, there's definitely going to be movement within Toronto that causes some sort of big shake in the league. You had this team is probably going to be the pinnacle of a big shakeup that happens in the offseason. You bring up a great point. Right. So as far as what I think that move is, boy, I am not that fucking smart. No, no, that is <laughs> not that's usually smart. an Adam thing. He's right. usually the one that comes up with these insane deals. But you you look at more at upper management here. And you know, my last question about the Leafs to you is going to be. What do you do about head coach Sheldon Keefe? You can't really blame him for the for the mishaps of the team. I thought he did a good job coaching. He obviously coached them through the first round. Just looked like the team had nothing left to give in that second round. They had no energy. They had no gas. They just they had no get after it in the them. You thing know, is is you got some coaches that don't have jobs now that mm-hmm. could probably push some different buttons than what you experienced with right. Keith. Right. That being said, I mean Keith, I mean, as a fucking Flyers fans, Tortorella was has been raving about Keith. He yeah. he thinks he's great. So I mean, is he wrong? I mean, you don't think he's wrong. I kinda hit I kinda lean towards he's not wrong either. He is a good coach. But if you can get a guy like like Peter Laviolette into this locker room and just kind of lay their hammer down. Right. I mean, maybe that's a different 
button that hasn't been pushed in this lineup. Sure, but do you think that Laviolette's a coach that still has enough in him to coach a team like this, like as a, as a coach? I mean, but, I mean, the track record says so. Sure, sure, but, you know, there there's a situation sometimes where, you know, coaches run into a, a wall eventually in their careers and they, they can't coach as effectively or as well as they have in the past. So I'm not sure if a guy like Laviolette would be the answer. If I'm Toronto, I'd stick with Sheldon Keefe. But something has to happen to this roster. Uh, and, and even to an unfortunate bit, something has to happen because they have nowhere to go cap space wise. Absolutely nowhere. Um, well, let's touch on quickly the uh, the success of the Panthers here. Uh, they're following their stars. You bring up a great point. Your stars have to be your stars in the playoffs. And they're following their stars. Sergey Bobrovsky has a 918 save percentage in the playoffs. Matthew Kuchuk leads the team with 16 points. Brandon Montour on an absolute tear, tied with the first player, uh, tied for first in goals in the playoffs at six. Hey, look, the team wait, is. Wait, I mean, I mean, I mean, Leon has like 16, doesn't he? Oh, sorry, sorry. On on his team, my bad. On his team, on his team. <laughs> I was confused. I'm like, that's Leon on me. That's on me. And more on goals his, than him. On his on his team, uh, with six, uh, which which really goes to show uh, the. Really next guy up type of mentality here on on this team where they're not getting all of their points, all of their goals, all of their assists from one source. Uh, They're getting it from multiple people in that lineup. And a lot of these guys like Nick Cousins, a lot of these guys like Radko Gudis, who are deciding factors in these games where that's usually not where people are going to look on a roster for guys who can make these deciding plays. But this is the kind of style that Florida has found success in in the playoffs. Do you think, uh, Matt, that their depth can continue to keep them going here? Heck yeah, bud. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. It's, uh, it's something beautiful. It, it falls on all sports. Right. But, you know, it mainly like, yeah, but you can, we when we talk about hockey, you know, it happens somewhat frequently. When you're able to catch lightning in a bottle, and you hold on to it, boy, is it fucking magical. And yeah. you just you just hold on to it as much as it can. And I don't see them letting go of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I can agree with you there. I think that there's, uh, you know, if you, wanna, if you want to kind of look at teams that have done it in the past, you, you could argue teams uh, like the 2010 Philadelphia Flyers are a perfect example of a team that caught lightning in a bottle at the right time and took it all the way to the Stanley Cup um, in a very similar fashion, being the second wild card that year. Um, so definitely, definitely something to look for moving into the Eastern Conference Final. But obviously there's another team that plays in the Eastern Conference Final. That team has also been decided in a 4-1 series win in... Um, Convincing way. I don't, I don't want to be rude, but one of the most non-competitive series in the Stanley Cup. There's one game that was actually close. (laughs) Yeah, it was just the one and it was the last one. Um look, and and I have a a very good friend who's a Devils fan and this this man was was selling his soul night in and night out to to have those those uh those boys from Jersey get it done for him. But man, I, I feel like it's another example of a team that had to battle so much in the first round. They had nothing left to give in the second round, and they met a much better opponent uh, in that second round, being the Carolina Hurricanes, who just 
took him apart surgically. I mean, the goal differential in this series, I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was it was egregious, uh, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, yeah, uh, four, nine, uh, 13, 17, eight, an 18 goal differential in, in five games. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. That's um, different, different teams right there. Yeah. One I, that's I, just, one that's just happy to be in the second round and the other that's, Looking well past the second round. That's, that's that's eyeing down the cup as we as we speak. Yeah, I guess my first question to you, Matt, is what happened to Jersey here? Um, I blame goaltending. I think their goaltending just kind of really, really hit the wall, mm-hmm. and everything else kind of fell into place with it. Um, I mean Jack Hughes, I, I'll give him credit. Guy's a fucking monster. <laughs> I mean, Dude, like he's amazing. Monster. Like he's probably. I mean, looking at the Metro, he's probably going to be the best player in this division for a long time. Long, long time. Sucks. Yeah. But it is what it is. I mean, he's, he's fucking, he's next Patrick Kane, dude. Um, fucking, but yeah, I just think everything else kind of fell into place. I mean, you look at a lot of their veterans didn't keep up that were, you know, the Palats and the Tatars. Timo like, Meyer, even Timo Meyer, yeah, yeah, he went fucking nowhere in the second round. Um, it just kind of all hit a wall, and that's kind of the definition of the Carolina Hurricanes being the most structured team in the NHL. Yeah, and and, and not only that, but what really hit a wall was was really the the goal scoring. Other than Game Three, where they tallied off eight goals in that game. In just such a weird game where I think um, three um, uh, shorthanded goals happened in total in the game, which is ridiculous. So that game was just a weird anomaly anyways. But when you take out that weird anomaly, they only scored at most two goals in a game, which, you know, in the playoffs, if you have the right defensive structure and the right goaltending can win you games for sure. There is a there is one team in this series that does not have that kind of structure. And it was the Devils. They did not have the goaltending. They did not have the defensive structure to hold off the offensive onslaught of the Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes pulled it off all season long. We knew what the kind of team they are. They score once, maybe twice, kind of in back-to-back fashion. That's a train you can't stop. It's going to continue. It's going to keep going. And it's probably going to score two more, maybe even three more. And you're looking at the final score sheet by the end of the night. You just lost 5-1, without even seeing what happened. Um, they, they did it consistently in the regular season. They did it in the first round and they did it in the second round. Um, so to talk, to talk a little bit about the, the hurricanes, that's a hell of a team, dude. That's a hell yeah. of a team. Goaltender Freddie Anderson with a 931 save percentage in the playoffs, uh, team leading Sebastian Ajo, five goals. Jordan Martinook leads the team in assists with seven. Sebastian Ajo leads the team some more in points with 10 total. Again, a stat line reading here that shows me that this team is taking, um, contributions from all over their lineup, which always means good things to me in the Stanley Cup Finals when your uh, most leading goal scorer has seven to less goals and you found yourself in the third round. It means you're winning games the way you have to win games by using your entire lineup. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway as far as this first-seeded Carolina Hurricanes team is concerned in their, so far, full-blown domination of the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, they're over... They're 
the be able to overcome obstacles because every team faces obstacles in a year and like they're gonna come about but mm-hmm. everyone really thought you know losing Teravine and losing Svechnikov at the beginning of the year not having Pacioretty like they just most people thought that it was really going to stop them mm-hmm. and it hasn't not even a little bit not even a little bit and um i mean that's just a test of how great of a coach rob brendamore is and just being able to uh you know put belief in guys really yeah rod the bod's a stud <laughs> rod the bod is a full-blown stud um i think i saw something about this series that uh the yeah, so the the head coach for the Florida Panthers, um, shit, who's their coach? The Florida, yeah, is um, is a uh, Paul Maurice. Yeah, so Paul Maurice was uh once the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes when Rod the Bod was the captain of the team, and now Rod will be behind the bench opposing his former coach, uh, the coach of the Florida Panthers. Uh, so that's going to be kind of a cool little thing there. Uh, the Rod will see what he can uh, what he can accomplish against one of his former coaches. Not only, probably my favorite storyline is this is the conference finals of the Stahl brothers. All three Stahl brothers oh, are yeah. in this series. It's you got an all-star. You got Eric and Mark in Florida. In Florida, and you have... And then you got Jordan in Carolina. Jordan in Car- Oh my God! I didn't yeah. even think it. This is the, is this the first time this happened? Because I know that they've they've all played in in New York, Pittsburgh, Carolina. Carolina. Uh, probably. I guess it's probably the first time this happened. Is this the first time the two Star Brothers have been on the same team? No, that happened before, right? It might have. I wouldn't be surprised if they if it has. I mean both. I mean both. Right, both Eric and uh, Jordan, freaking have been on been on Carolina. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, okay. So yeah, they've played together in Carolina. Weren't the Stahl brothers all on Carolina at one point? Did I, I miss so. that? I don't think so. Huh. There's three of them, right? I'm not losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Eric, Mark, and Jordan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Eric, Mark, and Jordan uh have yet to all uh see each other in the playoffs at the same time. This will be the first for that. Um, that's so cool, man. That is an all-stall Eastern Conference final. Yes. Fuck yeah. yeah give Great. me the all-stalls. There you go. Um, all right. Comes down to this, buddy. You know the question I'm about to ask you. Yes. Eastern Conference final. Carolina yes. Hurricanes. Florida Panthers. Western uh, wild card two against first seed. Top v bottom. One makes it to the Stanley Cup final. Who is it, and in how many games? Got Florida in seven. I knew you were gonna fucking say it. I knew, I knew it was gonna be Florida, and I, I so confidently want to say Carolina because I truly believe that in my heart. But say it, buddy. There's just a part of me that is like this Florida team is fucking electric. Yeah, they caught lightning in a bottle. They did. And they're fun to watch, man. I I am I am going to yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina. I'm going Carolina in seven. Yes, we have it going the distance. But I'm rooting for Florida, if that makes sense. 
mostly because I really don't give a shit about how accurate my bracket is. It's just my brain says Carolina because they're just so fucking good. There's very defense is there. The offenses can score. But this Florida team's frisky, baby. They're frisky. Lightning in a bottle, baby. Oh, man. It's They're magic. to watch, man. We, we saw it with the Phillies. We did. We saw it with the Phillies. Watching it with the Panthers right now. Ugh. Lightning in a bottle. But the Phillies didn't have to play the Dodgers in, in the in the NLCS. So that's... Hey, the Padres. Padres are great. They weren't even that good. They weren't even that good. Great team. Great team. Yeah, the the bullpen was sick. Until yeah, they the Padres the are ass. Um... <laughs> <laughs> dude, this series is gonna be fun to watch. Holy shit! Oh, it's the Stall Brothers series, dude. Dude, all, all stalls, baby. Um, all right, we move into the Western Conference where uh, one game has yet to be decided. We'll talk about that last. That is the Dallas Seattle series, going the distance, going the full seven. Uh, and so we will talk first about the other series. That has been decided in six games as the Vegas Golden Knights take down the Edmonton Oilers. That's wow. Yes. Um, wow. Wow. It happened again in uh, in the second round. The Oilers cannot. Well, Oilers made their the, demons. Oilers made the Western Conference Final last year. So let's yeah, let's but not they say lose to Vegas. Oh no, they didn't lose the, to Vegas. They lost to uh, Colorado. Colorado, yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Sorry. But at least uh, they made it to the you know the West right, Cup finals. Right. Well, they they can't make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Their their demons still haunt them to this day. Um. So we'll we'll react to the Oilers now. What? How is it that this team can't make a Stanley Cup final? Right. You have Connor McDavid. You have Leon Dreisaitl. Your defense isn't that bad. Right, it's not like it's the worst in the league by any means. It's mediocre, but it, mediocre can get you there if you have goal scoring. Is it the goaltending still? Is Jack Campbell not enough? It's the mistakes, dude. Like the thing about it is, is like they can be whatever they are. If you're able to get bailed out by a mistake, then everything kind of levels out. When mm-hmm. your mistakes wind up in the back of your net, and it happens against a team that one doesn't really take many penalties. I mean, they they did this year, this series, because, you know, McDavid draws penalties. But for the most part, very, very disciplined, very, very structured, and just are stingent on the fort check. Right. They forced, they forced Edmonton's D into mistakes, and they made them pay. It's true. It's true. And – Obviously, mistakes in the playoffs are always going to be highlighted a bit more. Um, I think that's an obvious point that everybody will agree on. But they were even making mistakes, the same ones that they were making in the playoffs, they were making consistently in the regular season. And everybody was like, oh, it'll get figured out. It'll get figured out before the playoffs. Everything's fine. We're all good. No need to panic, right? Um, and But then panic had to set in, uh, you know, and – Vegas took so much advantage of the mistakes. It it looked like it really looked like the Oilers were getting so far outplayed when in reality they they weren't getting that vastly outplayed by any means. Um it's just that the mistakes were piling up and one of the biggest mistakes and especially in the first 3 games the goaltending was just not there, whether they put Skinner in net, whether they put Campbell in net, 
they just could not catch their footing on the goaltending side of it. And we talked before we hit record tonight about how goaltending can, you can have a, a, you know, not the most offensively talented team out there on the ice. If you have a good goaltender, you can win a Stanley cup. There've been plenty of teams that have done it, you know? Right. Absolutely. They They didn't have the goaltending much like the New Jersey devils. They didn't have the goaltending. At least Edmonton had the goal scoring. You know, they 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 could True, score until they had the goal scoring. They oh were my fine God. at doing that. I cannot believe how Leon Dreisaitl just looked like freaking Superman out there, dude. Like for all the people that laughed at the comment that Leon's better than Connor, I hope they really take it into full consideration now because when the chips are on the line and it's playoff time. Fucking Leon Dreisaitl is a playoff player. Yes. And yes. that man shows up when it matters. 13 goals in the playoffs. Connor McDavid did have 20 points, so Leon didn't have the most points. But, you know, when you have two players like that, everybody wants to see those two players on the brightest stage in the Stanley Cup final. And I, I guess we have to continuously point at the problems in net. We thought they had it solved when uh, Skinner looked good this season. Jack Campbell looked okay this season. And it was obviously better than last year's goaltending tandem that they had in there. But I guess we're wrong. I don't know what it is about being a goaltender for Edmonton. You're just bound to shit the bet. It's like being a goaltender in Toronto. It's You can be as good as you want to be, and you're never going to be good enough. Um so if you're if you're Edmonton, how do you go into the offseason here? Do you address defense? Do you try to get another goaltender, perhaps? You what 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 do you try to do here? I think they go at I don't know if it's the right move, but they think they go after a goalie. But who? Who are you who are you going after in the league right now? I know we both have an idea of who we would choose if we were Edmonton to go after. Um I just don't know if he's for sale, to be frank. Um good point. I mean, you got to call the Flyers about Carter Hart, right? You got to give them at least a phone. A lot of teams are probably going to call about Carter Hart. A lot of teams. That phone's well, going to be ringing. It's it's a tough trigger to pull, man. Especially, it is. It is. especially with an organization that made the Bobrovsky mistake. They don't want to make that again. Right. right. They don't. But on the contrary, on the flip side, I mean, they're – they're pretty high on Sam Harrison. Like they, they understand that Sammy has basically the same characteristics of what makes Hart a really great goaltender. And that's in between the years. Like mm-hmm. he's both fucking really mentally sharp, good, great goalies. Yeah. Um, boy, just, I don't want to pull that trigger, man. No. And, and that's why I don't think the flyers will pull that trigger. So if you're Edmonton, you got to call somewhere else. And I don't know who you really want in the league right now that isn't pretty much solidified on the team that they're on. Right. Um, So you might just have to buckle down and really attack getting a structured defense, which might mean bringing a different coach in, maybe not a different head coach, but a different defensive coordinating coach, you know, Uh, just something to, to get this team to stop making the mental errors and giving up the goals that they seem to do so consistently. Yeah. They scored a shit ton of goals in this series. They also gave up a shit ton of goals in this series. The goal, the goal spread was, uh, it was, it was closer than a lot would think, but it, the amount of goals in this series was ridiculous. I got an option. 
Sure. Sorokin? Do they try the, uh, to get Ilya Sorokin the off the island? It's. I mean, you look at their team. I think they're really upset about uh, letting Eberly go. I think right. they're, they look back on it. It's like, man, they really should have protected that guy because he is doing wonders in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think they're kind of like in this predicament. It's like they should be a lot better than they are, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And they're not a, even close to a young team. So it's like if you if you get two first round picks and two second round picks for Ilya Sorokin plus some prospects, like how can you say no to that? That's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal, especially for for where you know the Islanders are right now, um, where they're kind of like in this limbo stage of they could try to push forward and keep moving up, or they could just tear it apart. It, it, it's definitely going to depend on what they want to do, but to, to kind of look, look forward here into the Vegas golden Knights who are making it to the Western conference final, a uh, hell of a performance this series. Um, it, it's, this is another team where it's just another one of those Vegas teams that just can't seem to lose. They have all the answers and all the right times. Yes. Uh, Jack Eichel's performing well, Mark stone's performing well, they have Aiden Hill looking like a Vesna candidate in net right now. It's and then ridiculous. You, and then you look at the guys who are the veterans of the Knights who were a part of that first year, you know, the Marcisos, the Carlsons, who are just, you know, veteran savvy. Right. Um, like, the fucking, I mean, Marcisos with the natural hat trick when it mattered the most, I mean, Boy, how clutch can you fucking get? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they are one of those teams that's just, I mean, maybe they maybe they did, you know, you know, benefit off of the uh LTIR mm-hmm. and, you know, just sitting Mark Stone until the playoffs are ready. Right. Which is probably very likely. Um but still like they they're just a team that like they have answers for everything. Like you get, they get scored on minute later. Get a goal. Like yeah. boom, blink of an eye. It is just yes. they know how to carry momentum. Some teams, you know, they try and carry momentum. Other teams just know how to get momentum back on their side. Right, and it it it's. It looks like that's the situation they found themselves in. They just were able to to do that. I agree with you on the Mark Stone bit. I think that they uh, benefited from the LTIR situation, um, which I kind of hate. I kind of hate a little bit. Getting exploited. Um, it, it look. It, it was. It's it, was a li- it was kind of comical when the Lightning did it. Now, now it's being copied. It's like, uh, yeah, Batman's got to do something about this. Right, right, and it's it's one of those things where I'll, I'll tell you what this is this the year that Vegas actually wins that cup? They've what is this their fourth conference final in their existence? Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous just to think about that in its entirety. Um, damn, what a franchise! Just what a crazy situation. In no other sport is an expansion franchise going to the conference final four times in its first six years of existence. It's ridiculous. Okay. 
Um, that's crazy. Yeah. Looking at other teams, I guess. Uh, where did Montreal the Expos go? He, they became the Astros, right? No, the Expos became the Nationals. Oh, really? Yes. Just were shit for years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so bad. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where it doesn't happen in many other sports, and it's kind of fun to watch. I'm not going to lie to you. But what might be more fun to watch is what's going on right now in Game 7 of Seattle-Dallas, currently tied at zero midway through the second period. Um, look, first – well, first, oh, I'm sorry. We have, we, have to, we have to pick who's uh, – oh, no, 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 never mind. So, Seattle <laughs> – Dallas has yet to be decided, right? So this one's yes. kind of a very open-ended uh, conversation that we have to have here. Who do you think wins tonight? Just give this out, out off the bat. Who do you think's winning? Well, it's kind of easy to r- ride the road team because the right. road team has had the advantage this playoffs. Um, and I also picked Seattle to make it out of this series. So I'm going to stick with it. But if this series goes overtime. I don't know. It's I I got a feeling one of the vets on the fucking stars are gonna find a way to pot it pot at home. Um, no, say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Uh, but I am picking Seattle. Yes, I'm sticking with my pick. Picking Seattle. Come on, let's go. I'm right. sticking with Seattle too. I think this goes this goes one one into overtime, and Jordan Eberle who is now a cult hero in Seattle, gets it done in overtime, sends the boys from Seattle to the Western Conference Final, which gives us an all-expansion Western Conference Final. I'm starting to see why Gary Bettman made the Winter Classic Vegas-Seattle. I'm starting to see it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like These guys don't even have barely a fan base now. It's like, ah. Dude, these teams are going to be in the Western Conference final, huh? The crack house is madness. They know how to they know how to party in Seattle, baby. And it, yeah. it's cool because for the longest time, you know, specifically after the Supersonics left, the only teams that they had in Seattle were the Seahawks and the Mariners. And the Mariners were mired in mediocrity and and being bad for many, many years. But the uh, obviously the Seahawks were a wild, wild show. I mean, yes, the 12th man, they got a flag. Have, right, exactly. So you know there's a fan base there. You know there's people hungry for sports, and you bring the Kraken in there, and you're like, oh, I wonder what kind of hockey fans they're going to be. Insane, okay? Crazy people, crazy people. They're so fun to watch those games. The, the energy they have at Climate Pledge Arena is awesome, and match that with the energy they have at T-Mobile Arena where the Vegas Golden Knights play. It's going to be insanity. It's going to be so fun to watch. See if it happens. Um, and I hope that's that's how it goes because, you know, no offense to the Dallas Stars, I I I really don't feel like seeing you in this series. I I don't, I don't want to hear a Stars Knights Western Conference Final where the anthem both home bases yell the Dallas yell Stars every fucking time they say stars in the national anthem and yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights yell night 
Yeah, yeah. Say, do you do you not like that during the anthem? Are you not an anthem? Horrible. Okay. Terrible. I hate when Chicago screams during the national anthem. Well, the Capitals do it. Washington does it. It's cringe. It is cringy. Cringe. It is cringy. Only the only time I like when noise is being made. To be honest, what Edmonton was able to do with singing "Oh Canada" is fucking awesome like awesome like but they do you, do you think that you, building is singing oh canada do you think that's because you don't hear oh canada as often as you hear the anthem it's because they're all singing it together it's like a yeah, true but... it's like a true national anthem I, okay i hear you i hear this you is literally they're, all those fan bases saying one damn word <laughs> now it says it twice the Canadians sing the whole, the Canadian for markets oh, sing man. it together like it's a true anthem, like true patriotism right in front of your eyes. Dude, I didn't I didn't know that this was such a passionate topic for you. Dude, it? it's patriotism. It's so beautiful. Oh, that's it's so, so great. Be- watching a whole arena sing the na- a nation's national anthem, especially one as good as. Canada's. I mean, oh, Canada has a great anthem. That yes. that I feel like we don't talk about this enough. Oh, Canada is a great fucking song. Oh, it's amazing. It's a great it's song. I don't and a quarter of the country sings it in French. Like it's great. It's great. So that that's why I, I stand. I don't want to hear knights, night <laughs> or stars. It's bullshit. Bad. You're gonna have to hear night. That's gonna I'm happen. Gonna hear night. I can deal with that. But, but can you deal with both? Absolutely not. He's no. out on that. No, sir. He is not having any of it. No. Um, yeah, that's yeah, I don't I don't need any of that either. That's <laughs> no thanks. I'll I'll pass on that one as well. Um all right. Well, we can't really come up with a with a winner really for uh for the for this one. So I guess what we will have to do instead is just move forward here. Uh, so those were the, that was the playoffs. Uh, super intense shit. Uh, we'll get into next week once the uh, conference finals have begun about what those look like. We'll, we'll talk about all that kind of stuff. So to move forward here, and we actually only really kind of have one news of note because obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs take up most NHL news at this point. Our Philadelphia Flyers have uh, made some moves in the front office as uh, the interim tag has been removed from interim general manager Daniel Briere, and he is now the full-time GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, and the president of hockey operations is none other than broadcaster extraordinaire Keith Jones. Um, You know, as a Flyers fan, I have come to a point where I really, really wonder how many times they're going to make the same mistake over and over again. How many times are they going to go to the well on former Flyers players? It hasn't worked. It has consistently not worked. Why do we keep doing this? I'm going to make your point. The only reason it hasn't worked is because we've used former flyers that were in different eras. The ones we brought in understand today's game very well. They understand today's game very well. They know what how a well-constructed team is constructed 
nowadays and what what brings winning hockey sure that's what and i was kind of on that point it's like yeah i kind of hope they go away from the whole the former flyer but then again i'm like man the people who really really give a fuck about this franchise are the people that have worn this jersey and that bled the bled blood for this jersey those are the people I truly, really give a fuck about the Philadelphia Flyers. They always have, always will. More and than also, let's more not than forget a guy coming in from you know Chicago land, right? More Thanks. than the old check, right? Yeah. Now, now, also, let's not forget that you know Keith Jones has had the unfortunate job of being forced to watch what product has been put on the ice for a couple seasons now, and he's probably pissed off to a degree where he wants to change it, which is kind of cool. But um, he's also watched all the other products. The thing where I'm very encouraged, I think Keith Jones has a very good mm-hmm. understanding of what separates the great teams from the good teams and the good teams from the bad teams in this sport. Mm-hmm. He has a very good understanding of it. And he, he unders and not only that, he's pretty good friends with like most front office people yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, so it's not like he's he's going into a job that he has, like, yeah, he doesn't have experience, but there's just he has a pool of friends that can, you know, not right. bury him. Yeah, and and I was gonna ask you, and I'm glad you kind of bring bring the brought that up. I should say, um, he's he has a different perspective on how the game is played because of the amount of time that he's spent a playing hockey. Being in the broadcast booth hasn't really been an owner or a coach or anything like that. He's for many, many years on the national stage, on the local broadcasts, all of it. He has had the up top view of what a Stanley Cup winning product looks like, on what a bad team looks like, on what a bad organization looks like, on what a great organization looks like. He's kind of had that outside uh, looking in kind of perspective on all of that. And now he's been given the reins to be uh, to the Flyers to be like, hey, you know all of this about what a good hockey team looks like, what a what a Stanley Cup caliber organization looks like. Time to use that knowledge that you've gained over the years by having that kind of above down view of what it looks like. Um, what what's your opinion on the the? I guess the different perspective that he provides to an organization that, you know, clearly is kind of looking towards a, you know, not necessarily a rebuild, but pretty much looking to not being incredibly competitive and for the next three years or so. We'll see what happens. Um, It's they want it. They they're very honest. They want to do it the right way. They want their goal in this is to bring the flyers not just back to the playoffs, back to the pinnacle of the elite teams in the sport. That's where they, they believe the organization should be. I agree with them. There's no reason they shouldn't be. Um, as far as how long it will take, I've had questions about, I mean, they, they, they make it honest. It's going to take time. I mean, it's hard not to disagree with that. Yeah. Um, I tend to be on the like oblivious positive side. It's like, hey, maybe you know you get some, some get some good prospects. Maybe you find a star in your, you know, a a real star like Tyson Forrester is a real star, and you know it's quicker. Um, 
or maybe you know you kind of go the way that we were talking beforehand is like the Seattle Kraken way. It's kind of being like a balanced lineup with no yeah. real superstars and having just a juggernaut superstar goaltender. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of that's how I think it will be quicker if they go that way. They go that way, it'll be a lot quicker. But then again, it's like you look at some of these guys, like it's hard, it's hard not to say Owen Tippett's not gonna pot 30 next year. Like yeah. it's hard not to say, like, you know, some of these kids like Tyson Forrest is gonna come in and make a pretty big impact. Um, it's hard not to say Travis Connecty's gonna continue to do what he, he did last year. Um but that being said, it's like they wanted to do it the right way. And John Tortorella was talking about, uh, you know, first thing they need to do is subtract. So where do they start subtracting? Um, it's a fair point. Bringing, bringing in all these guys, one of the quotes Ports had in his last – one of his last pressers was – there's still some gray areas in this organization that really need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And he, he mentioned that there's people that kind of step over the lines and try and guide people how to do their jobs. Right. And with these hirings, bringing Keith Jones in and Danny Briere being full, being the general manager now, it kind of is clearing up that gray area of like, you know, people stepping over the line and telling people how to do their jobs. Like, they make it pretty clear, like, the, you know, the C- CEO of Comp Gas Spectacle, Dan Helferty, is going to work on the business side with Valerie Camillo. The Keith Jones is going to be the bridge between working on the business side and getting the business side right, and Danny Briere, who's going to be on the hockey side, and Danny Breer is going to be the guy who makes the decisions on the hockey side. So it, it really seems like they're clearing up that gray area of who does what in the position of the jobs, which is yeah. good. Yeah. It's yeah. like, which is, it's they're showing a clear vision, which I think Flyers fans are extremely happy about. Yes. Because for, you know, a lot of, you know, Chuck Fletcher's time, it's, it was kind of, gray area of what they actually were trying to do um so i think it's more uh, the clear message is a breath of fresh air um a lot of these kids man i think are just going to be really good players i mean i've been like ronnie adderd has done really good for the u.s now he's playing for america in the world world tournament Mm -hmm. today he's got two goals and like two assists in the tournament Looks like a really swagger player. Cutter Gautier has like three goal, two goals, a couple assists. Like he looks like a really good player. But then again, like they're young, like they're gonna take time and they're gonna. He really focuses on about, you know, getting that situation right where you get the core of your, you know, your prospects and your homegrown talent. And then he talks about, coming a few years down the line when they fix the cap is recruiting. I mean, he, he mentions back when, you know, it's not a run the team and there wasn't a salary cap. The Philadelphia Flyers were the easiest team to recruit. They were like the New York Yankees. Like everybody wanted to play for them. Yeah. 
that is pretty far away from what it is now. So times I mean, have changed. That is for right, sure. Yeah. Right. So I mean, they're trying to fix the cap, and who knows? Maybe you know, the timeline works. They can get out, go after a guy who's a, a real superstar, and then recruit him, and you know, really piece together that. But yeah. as far as where it is now, I think it's a, a very good step. I think they're they're trying to not only bring the Flyers back into a serious cup contention, but keep them there. Like, keep them there for a very long time, which yeah. they should. And, uh, you know, I think you got guys who are ready to attack it. Yeah, which is good because that means that there's, you know, there's guys that are willing to in the in the organization willing to do it the right way, which I think, you know, a lot can be said about doing it the right way, doing it the wrong way, etc. So, um definitely something that, you know, you can look forward to as as a fan of the team, uh which we haven't had a whole lot to look forward to recently. So that's something there's something to be said about that. But um that's pretty much going to do it for this episode on the power play unless you got anything else there, Maddie. Uh, the, the, what are they calling this? The new era of orange. Oh yes. The new, the era, new era of, of orange. orange, which yes. pretty much just basically tell you is we're, we're getting new jerseys next year. Yeah, ba- Basically they're, they're coinciding the re the, for the refreshing of the team with the refreshing of the look, I guess. Uh, so stay tuned for, for those. Cause I think a couple of teams are getting new jerseys next year. So that'll be interesting to keep track of as well. Um, but Thank you so much for listening. As always, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OTPP Pod on both of those. After you hit follow, go ahead and hit the link in the bio for all of our merch that you're going to want for the playoffs, especially if Dallas keeps going forward here and Tyler Sagan gets it done. You can get yourself your man rocket shirts that we have over on our store. Never forget the uh, one of the first episodes where the man rocket quote came The from. first. Yeah, I think it was the first episode where the man rocket quote came from. So uh, definitely a shirt that means a lot to uh, our podcast. Just funny because none of us are Dallas Stars fans. But uh, yes, uh, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys hitting play every single week and listening to the stuff we do. You guys rock. You guys follow us. Adam does fantastic stuff over on the socials. Please go follow him. Because he's just the best at that stuff. Boy, it was so good having him back. I was yeah, like, dude. Oh, I, I, I was up. listening to last week and I was like, damn it. Stupid work. <laughs> work. Um, yeah, but guys, it, it, it's awesome that you guys support us like you do. So thank you so much. And as always, we out.